Over the years at Exposure Ninja, we've worked with a bunch of established businesses to launch new products or services. And we've also worked with startups to launch their first product and service. So today we're gonna to talk about how to plan the perfect, asterisk, go-to-market digital marketing strategy. Asterisk, because when you're launching something, nothing ever goes perfectly. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Okay, there are three phases in a go-to-market strategy, pre-launch, launch, and post-launch. The beginning seems like a good place to start, so let's begin with pre-launch. One of the most important components of your pre-launch for your go-to-market strategy is going to be getting together a really clear brief that concisely describes exactly what you're gonna be selling and who your target audience is, including their needs, pain points, and desires. Now this might sound really basic, but having this work in place and putting one source of truth document together which details all of this is gonna save you a ton of time and energy later on. And for any agencies that you're working with, it's definitely gonna make our lives a lot easier. Now let me show you an example about why this is so important. Let's take the UK meal delivery market as an example. And let's say that you're bringing a new product to this space. How do you know whether you're going to be emphasizing the time and money saving like HelloFresh does, the potential health benefits like Green Chef does, the flexibility and ease of use that Mindful Chef does, or the choice that Gusto presents, talking about the number of recipes that they bring out each week. Now these are really key decisions to make in the pre-launch phase because they guide all of the work that's gonna be following on. For example, the messages that you communicate to customers, the headlines that you use on your pages, the way that you present yourself as distinct from other existing businesses in the space. For example, in Gusto's Facebook ads, remember they're the one who emphasize the number of meals and the number of recipes available each week. Guess what they're talking about? They're talking about the number of recipes each week because that's key to their positioning. All right, so you likely know what your product or service is by now, hopefully, but how do you know what key messages you're gonna be pushing and who your target audience is, particularly if you don't actually have any customers yet? Well, there's no better way to identify potential customers and draw out the key marketing messages that are most likely to resonate with them than actually just talking to people. You can do this in person, you can use a fancy market research company, or when we're doing this for clients, we get people's phone numbers and we call them and we talk to them. And what we wanna do is put together a customer persona where we wanna understand what each different type of customer's drives and motivations are. We wanna get inside their head, we wanna understand their typical background, we want to understand their previous purchase history in this space. What purchases have they made that they were happy with? Which purchases have they made which they maybe regret? Who else are they considering? And importantly, what would we need to tell them in order to influence them to make a purchase? We'll then give this person a name, some sort of characteristics, and we'll try and attach a photo to them as well. Now, why do we do this and why is this type of thing useful in the pre-launch phase? Well, we've found that it's a lot easier to visualize marketing to an individual 
individual at scale than it is to just market to an entire faceless blob of a group. And even if your audience is large and made up of a number of different distinct personas, having those personas clearly identified and sort of visualized still makes your job or the marketer's job much easier. And by the way, you can do this initial pre-launch work in as much or as little detail as you like. When we're doing this type of thing for clients, we have a service called Fix Your Machine, which can be up to a hundred slides of information about their customers, their competitors, the messaging that they might want to use on their website, branding and visuals, how they're positioned against other businesses in their space. And by the way, it's actually really useful to do this work periodically for your business anyway. We also do this for businesses that are struggling to get traction with their digital marketing and where we identify that maybe they need a bit of a rethink if perhaps the market has shifted or competitors have shifted and they haven't caught up. Sometimes it can be really useful to do a bit of a brand refresh and have a look at all of this stuff from the basics to check that we're presenting their offering in the most attractive way. But anyway, back to the pre-launch stuff. So what we're really aiming for here is a really clear message about what we're selling to who and a proposition which we think is likely to get traction with that audience. One more example before we move on. We're going to look at the world of CRMs because this is an incredibly competitive space with a lot of big spending businesses in it. So if I search for Salesforce CRM, we can see a really good cross-section of how the different players in this space position themselves. We can see Salesforce up at the top here saying we are the world's number one CRM. But we can also see Monday.com advertising against this branded search saying the CRM that's actually easy to use. So they've talked to their potential customers, they've recognized that those potential customers have a bugbear with Salesforce and then they're using that message in their marketing. And then we've got HubSpot positioning against both of these by saying, hey, we have a free offering. Okay, so now we know what we're selling, we know who we're selling to and we know the key messages that we're gonna be using. Now we need to think about the digital marketing channels that we're gonna be prioritizing. Well, first up, there are some big decisions. How visual is the thing that you're selling? Is there an easy to understand product demonstration? If so, social, video, influencer might be your sort of default approach. Or are people already searching for what you do or the problem that you solve? In which case, search might be your default approach. Most of the time you'll have a mixture of these two, but usually one will be your lead and the other one will be your sort of secondary channels. And by the way, while we're talking about digital marketing channels, if you need help choosing which digital marketing channels you should be prioritizing and you have budget for your launch campaign, then request a free website and marketing review from the team here at Exposure Ninja. If you're eligible for this review, we'll conduct a full analysis of your competitors, your proposition, what you have already in place, and we'll suggest the priority marketing channels that we would recommend and some of the key work that we would suggest putting in ahead of your launch. This service is completely free of charge and you can go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review to request it. That's ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. All right, sticking with pre-launch, you might decide to start seeding some content ahead of time. Let me give you an example. Now, we were working with an e-commerce store that said, ah, we've got some intel that there's going to be a new brand launching and we think it's going to be absolutely huge. Interesting. So we decided to put together loads of content for their website about this new brand. We started doing a bit of promotion to this content and we got it ranked at the top of Google. And then when the new brand launched and people were typing in that brand name, guess who was sitting pretty at the top of Google? So you might do this with organic search. You might also start running some paid ads or market to any existing list that you have in order to start building a waiting list. It's very common for a brand to have a landing page with an 
email capture that people can sign up for some sort of pre-release early access. One example of a business that did this very effectively was the trading app Robinhood. Now on their pre-launch landing page, they said Robinhood, $0 commission stock trading, stop paying up to $10 for every trade. Now what does that tell us? Number one, they understood their audience and number two, they had a very clear proposition to take to that audience. Now the only two things that you could do on this page were watch the pre-launch video or sign up with your email address to get early access. But the real beauty of this strategy was after you'd requested early access, you were then told where your position was in the access queue, i.e. how many people were going to get access before you. Now, if you want to skip forward in this access queue, you could do so by inviting other friends to join. And by doing that, they got some viral traction on their pre-launch before this thing was even released. Love it. All right, the day is here. Launch time. Now, usually the launch will involve coordinating publishing of content across email, web, across your social channels, press release, PR, and through any partners that you're working with. But one of the strategies that the best marketers use during their launch is actually social proof, telling stories about how people have used this product or service and the results that they've got. I know what you're thinking, how can you tell stories about the results people have got if it's a new product that hasn't been launched yet? <laughs> Check out what Apple does in every single one of its launch demos. It shows people who've had access to the product, who've been using it, and their incredible results. That's basically what the new iPhone launch video is. It's just a series of demonstrations from people who've had early access. These people are usually authorities on their topic, and they're giving very credible testimonials about how great this product is. Another example I was really impressed with over the last year was when OpenAI launched GPT-4, it can be quite difficult to explain how powerful a new large language model is because you can't really see it. The only thing that you're selling to your audience is its capabilities. But what they did was really smart. They rolled out a series of stories about how their partner companies were using this new large language model in their products and service. For example, Khan Academy, who'd been building a chatbot using GPT-4 and could showcase some of the new capabilities. This also meant that OpenAI could launch GPT-4 with testimonials from people inside Khan Academy, drawing interest from a whole bunch of Khan Academy competitors and other businesses that aspired to be as successful as the teacher platform. If influencer marketing is right for you, then you might want to consider a similar approach where you can send out your product to a whole bunch of influencers on pre-release basis, keep them under embargo, letting them know that you want them to promote their first impressions, videos or content on the day of the launch. This is incredibly common in the tech space where, for example, every time Sony launches a new camera, all the videography influencers release their first impressions and unboxings on the same day at the same time. If you're a follower in this space and you follow a bunch of these influencers, all of a sudden, your social feeds are full of this new product. It's a total brand blast. You can't get away from it. Now, of course, when you're doing this, you want to start from your target audience. What are the different influencers that they're following? Because if you can fill their feeds with your new product, you're going to get an effect which is much greater than the sum of the parts. Now, if your launch has gone well, you may be tempted to sit back and dream about a holiday, but don't take your foot off the gas just yet. If you've been listening, tracking and measuring the performance of your marketing during the launch phase, you'll have got a ton of data which can now be used to influence your ongoing marketing and future launches. 
It can be a great idea to talk to some of these early customers that were caught up in the launch hype and purchased. What were the specific messages that most resonated with them? Because you might choose to go deeper into those areas for your ongoing marketing. Let's say, for example, that you're launching an eco-friendly product and you found that it brought you a bunch of customers that were maybe new to the brand but resonated with the eco-friendly angle. Well, you might decide that actually it's a good idea for the entire brand to use eco-friendliness or climate climate positivity as one of your key marketing messages in the future. You can also use launch echoes. So just because the product has launched and the people have seen the early offers doesn't mean you can't then go back to your launch email list with repeat offers. You might offer people who haven't bought yet a free trial or bundle offers, or you might go back to them with some success stories from people who purchased on the launch day. Now, of course, if your launch didn't go too well, don't despair. No successful business relied solely on launches. Any successful business has ongoing marketing to promote its products and services. And if you do need help diagnosing what went wrong, don't forget to request your free website and marketing review from the team here at ExposureNinja.com. Now, as you'll have seen, understanding your target audience really deeply is the key to a successful product launch or in fact, to any marketing. I hope you found this episode useful. If you have, then don't forget to leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Until next time, see you soon.